going to share with you a message that I really believe that the Holy Spirit has been working in my heart personally. It's very rare, uh, the way that we set up our weekends here at NUMA, the way that we teach our series. We have teaching series, and I set out a series of teachings for the whole year. And even when we have different guests come in, you know, they ask me, what are you teaching on? And I tell them, this is a series that we're on, and they'll try to you know, get in there and stuff. This is one of those rare Sundays that is between series. We finished our, you know, Fruit of the Spirit or Best Fruit series last week. And next week we're jumping into a series that is awesome. All right. We're going to be talking about the names of God. All right. And that's a powerful topic and everything that is entwined into the names of God. All right. So today is one of those rare Sundays that I was like, all right, I have I have a free opportunity here just to speak on whatever God is prompting in my heart, you know. So today I'm going to share a little bit of some of those things that he's been speaking to me in my own private time, you know, in my own prayer time that I think is going to be beneficial to you. I want you to take your hand and you can just place it over your heart right now and repeat this with me. Father, this morning, speak into my life, edify me. Through your Holy Spirit, you said in your word that when you speak, your words are spirit and life. I need your life in me today. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. You guys that are at home, today I'm going to be asking you guys some questions as well because I want to get you guys interacting and getting involved in what we're doing and stuff like that. So within my message notes, I have points that are just for the people that are at home. So it's going to be uh, pretty cool uh, what's what's going to go on here uh, this morning, all right? Um, I want to let you know, uh, as I get into this message today, I want to speak to you guys on the subject of prayer. I think that this is one of the most misunderstood subjects in the whole Bible and in the body of Christ today. We hear about prayer and we talk about prayer and, and we believe in prayer and we come and we pray, but I think it's so misunderstood. I think that we really don't know what's behind prayer and the, how the whole prayer movement should work and how prayer should work in, in, in each of our lives. And, and as I was thinking, you know, uh, about this today, I felt like the Holy Spirit telling me, I, I want you to even pray for nations. I want you to believe for nations. And, 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 and as I, and I think of that, you know, I, I want you to, to ask the Lord, Maybe, you know, for a week, maybe two weeks, maybe for a month. I want you to ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, give me a nation that, that, that you want me to pray about. Bring a nation to my heart. And for a whole week, every day, just pray for that nation. If you want to extend it, go ahead and do it. You guys that are watching online, I want you guys to do that too. Actually, you guys could go ahead and type in what nation you would like to pray for. There's so many nations that need God's intervention and that need prayer. You don't need to go far. This nation needs prayer. All right? You don't need to go too far. All right? But let's think, you know, maybe a little bit outside of the U.S. and think, you know, countries maybe in that 1040 window in the Middle East where people are not reached and, and they need the Lord. You know, um, we need to believe that when we pray, 
God is going to answer. We don't just pray and say, okay, there it goes. You know, I got the burden off, you know. No, when we pray, we got to believe that God is going to answer. When we pray, we come in agreement with God. With things that he wants to do here on earth. That's why when Jesus was teaching us to pray that it will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. We're coming into agreement. So God asks this question, for example, and, and it blows my mind. God, God says this question, and you don't need to go, but I'm just going to give you the passage. is in Isaiah 66, verse 8. God says, can a nation be birthed in one day? Can a nation be birthed in one day? And he's talking about the land of Israel, of course. There's a prophecy on that. And, and that actually happened, okay, in, in the year 1948 when Israel, again, after 2,000 years, came together and it became a state, it became a nation. Can a nation be birthed in one day? Listen, when God asks a question, I want to repeat this, it's not because he doesn't know the answer. He wants to know how many would partner up with him and believe. Can a nation be birthed in one day? Yes, Lord. You're powerful enough to do it. I believe. I believe that you could do it. So prayer comes along and, and, and we need to believe, for example, the Lord, okay, in scripture, you know, he says, who has believed our message, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Who has believed our message? Because it's hard to believe the things that God wants to do. And the answer, who has believed our message? To whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Do you know to whom the arm of the Lord has been revealed? To those that have believed the message. The answer is within the question. God is looking for a people and I pray that when he gets to Numa, he gets to us, he doesn't need to look too far out that would believe him. That would believe God. The Bible says that Abraham believed God and it was a credit to him as righteousness. Abraham believed God. When we pray, we got to believe that God is all-sufficient and all-powerful to answer that prayer. Because if not, don't even pray. you got to believe that He is powerful. That He could do it. That He could answer. Habakkuk 2, verse 1. Weird scripture. Habakkuk is a small book. End of Old Testament prophet that not too many people even know who he is. Alright? And... And, and, and look what Habakkuk says. He's talking about his relationship with God. And he says, I will climb up to my watchtower and stand at my guard post. Okay, the watchtower was a place upon the walls where you could see, okay, far out if there was an invasion, if there was enemies that were coming, if, if the city was safe, what was going on. And Habakkuk says, I'm going to climb up to a place where I could see. God is inviting His church in this time to walk up to a place where they could see what He's doing. That they could see what He wants to do. And Habakkuk says, I'm going to climb up to that watchtower and stand at my guard post. There I will wait and see what the Lord says and he, how He will answer my complaint. Okay, now pay attention. The word here for complaint can be translated prayer. 
I'm going to climb up. I'm going to go up there and I'm going to wait and see what the Lord says and how He will answer my prayer. Have news for you, church. Prayer is more than a wish list like if God was Santa Claus. All right? Uh, we all love Santa. We all love the wish list. We all love, you know, I wish this, I wish that, I wish that. Prayer is a little bit more than that. All right? Prayer is a little bit more than that. God is looking for people that will bring to pass His desires here on earth. His will here on earth. Only a praying people could do that. So today I've titled this message, if you're taking notes, What Happens When We Pray? What happens when we pray? And today, okay, as I, as, as I try to answer that, because let me tell you something, this is a very valid question. What happens when we pray? Well, many believe that nothing happens. How do you know that, Pastor? Because I could just call a prayer meeting and I'll have 10 people show up. If you really believe that prayer worked, this place would be filled when you call a prayer meeting. Hello. But since you think that prayer might not work, you're like, well, you know. So what happens when we pray? Some believe that nothing. Because maybe you've had a failure, okay, to have a prayer answered. Maybe you've prayed something and that prayer didn't come to pass as you prayed. Actually, maybe the opposite happened. You know that Jesus had a prayer go unanswered? When he was about to go to the cross and he said, Father, can this cup pass from me? You know what Jesus heard? Silence. Did he go to the cross? He went to the cross. Was his prayer answered? Jesus had a moment that had not a prayer answered. Yep, that's right. So there could come a moment in our lives that you pray for something and God doesn't answer that prayer. It doesn't mean that God is a bad God. It doesn't mean that he doesn't love you. It doesn't mean that he forgot about you. What it means is that he's God and he knows what's best for you and for me in the long run. In the great scheme of things, of what he's doing. All right? So what happens when we pray? Well, some of us, you know, have had failure to prayer. Some of us, you know, maybe you've been waiting so long for something. How many of you guys have been praying for something for more than a year? Raise your hand. More than one year. Okay, you've been praying for something at least more than one year. I think all of us, right? And nothing has happened yet. Well, I'm going to tell you that we need to continue to persevere in prayer. One of the words that the old people back in, you know, 1800s, 1700s would use would be this word of tarry. You got to tarry in prayer. What does that mean? You got to wait in prayer. Keep praying. Keep knocking the door. Keep asking God to move. And don't, you know, let your guard down when it comes to prayer. You guys know, I've said it before, I'm a result of somebody praying for me for 10 years. Ten years somebody was praying for me. For me to come to the Lord. For me to get saved. But you know what? That prayer was there. That prayer was constant. They didn't give up. I want to encourage you today. Don't give up on your prayers. Don't give up on praying. Especially if it's for a lost person. A person that you wanted to get saved. Maybe it's a family member. Maybe it's a situation that is completely out of your hand. You know what? You keep praying. And you keep believing God. 
You guys that are online question, why do you think prayer is important? And I want you guys to write that down as I go. Why do you think prayer is important? I want to engage you guys that are there. Now, the secret of prayer is not how long you pray. I spoke this to the men on, on Wednesday night. Wednesday night, we had our men's gathering here. And some of the things that I'm going to touch on today, I, I sort of brushed on on Wednesday night when we had our, our men's gathering. The secret of prayer is not how long you pray. I've heard people say, no, if you haven't prayed at least an hour, two hours, you really haven't prayed. No, the secret of prayer is not in that. Okay? It's not in what kind of words you use. Because I know some people that use very eloquent words, but they're trying to like show off to the other people to say, hey, look how good I pray. And you know what Jesus says? Those people have received a reward in full already. They got a, a little clap. From those that were there that, oh, what a nice word you used in prayer. It doesn't matter how long it is. It doesn't matter the words that you're using. Pay attention. The secret in prayer is discovering God's will for your life and asking for it. What's God's will for your life? And you ask God that that will come. What's God's will for a situation? And you ask for that to come. What's God's will for a territory or for a nation? And you ask for that to come. That's the secret to prayer. So for example, some people don't pray for healing. Okay, and, and I was thinking about this. Because they don't know that it's God's will to heal. So since you don't think it's God's will to heal, you don't pray for healing. Well, let me tell you something. It is God's will to heal all that are sick. I really believe that. I really believe that in Scripture. Okay? Generally, it's His will to heal all. I see Scripture after Scripture in the New Testament where it says, and Jesus healed all. And Jesus healed all. And Jesus stayed up till late at night and He healed all. I really believe it's Jesus' will to heal all. Now, there's specific moments... Where he says, not this one. Not now. For example, I lived that when my dad got sick. And he got cancer the second time. He had cancer, okay, when I was 18. He lived for 19 years after that, free of cancer. And one morning as I'm serving cereal to my kids, I hear the voice of God very clear in my heart. 6.30 in the morning, nobody downstairs with me. And this was what I heard. I'm getting ready to take your dad home with me. That was it. You know what happened? The cereal just kept spilling over. <laughs> it just it spilled over the bowl. So I'm like, my dad's not even sick. I'm getting ready to take your dad home with me. My dad's not even sick. And that was around September. In October, he started with a back pain that he had the year before, and it was a pinched nerve. This time he goes to get a shot for the pinched nerve, and it was a stage four cancer that he had in his bones. And that was in October, and the doctor told me he won't make it to the end of the year. I'm like, it's October 31st. What do you mean? December's right around the corner, the doctor, he won't make it to that. And when that happened, I knew what the Lord had told me. I'm getting ready to take your dad home. So you know what? I had people that would come to me and say, why are you not praying for your father's healing? And you know what I told them? I have a word from God. He's getting ready to take my dad home. 
So I pray for healing all the time. But there's moments where if God speaks, I align myself to what he's saying. You guys understand what I'm telling you? Now, generally speaking, somebody's sick, I'm going to pray for that person. You know? So you need to understand, okay, the importance of God's will and asking for that to come. That's what prayer is about. And I want to share with you guys this morning in the minutes that I have left, okay, three powerful things that happen when we pray that are available for each one of us in this place. And we're going to look at the lives of three men that I, I highlighted on Wednesday. And I want to keep on diving to this because I really believe that there's so much treasure within this. The first man that I want us to look in the Bible is a gentleman called Isaac. Isaac, okay? Old Testament, book of Genesis, all right? Who is Isaac? Well, Isaac was the son of this man called Abraham. And Abraham had received the promise to have children as much as the stars that are in the sky. And you know what happened? Isaac was a miracle baby. Because Isaac was born, okay, when his mom was like 90, all right? His dad was like a hundred and something. And she couldn't give birth and she gets pregnant and she gives birth to this son named Isaac. He already is a miracle. But not only is he a miracle, okay, I want you to understand that there were promises that God had given, okay, that would come through Isaac. There were promises that God was giving his people, but they would come through Isaac. And the way that that promise would come would be that he would have to be a father. Because the promises were about descendants. Actually, a nation. And the Bible says that all the nations of the earth would be blessed through the seed that would come from Isaac. Now, you imagine carrying that weight, no responsibility. <laughs> Just, you know, a whole nation is going to be birthed out of you. And all the nations of the earth will be blessed through that. But there's a problem that Isaac gets married to a girl named Rebecca. And the Bible says that Rebecca was barren. She couldn't give birth. So how are these promises going to come to pass? What God has spoken to me to bless nations and nations coming out of me. If my wife, and I'm supposed to have kids with her, she's barren. How is that going to happen? He was in a jam. And I imagine the, the, the concern within him. And I imagine the weight of the promise, you know, and him saying, God, I don't know how you're going to do it. And you've promised it. And there were moments I imagine he would get up and not believe. And other moments he would say, okay, I believe. And, and I imagine he was in the midst of all that struggle. And maybe today you might be in a similar struggle. God has given you promises. But there's something that is shutting those things down completely. And you need an intervention. You need a miracle. Because where Isaac was at at that moment, he needed a miracle. 
That was the only thing that could happen. And look what Genesis 25, verse 20 and 21 say. Genesis 25, verse 20 and 21. And Isaac was 40 years old when he took Rebekah, the daughter of Bethuel of Aramean, of Padam Aram, the sister of Laban the Aramean, to be his wife. Okay, he took Rebekah to be his wife. And listen to what it says here. And Isaac prayed to the Lord for his wife because she was barren. And the Lord granted his prayer and Rebekah, his wife, conceived. What did Isaac do? According to this, he prayed to who? He prayed to who, guys? He prayed to the Lord. And what happened to Rebecca? The Bible says here, okay, and the Lord granted his prayer and Rebecca, his wife, conceived. Isaac prays for his wife. I'm going to give you a little secret. Isaac did not go have a meeting with the pastor. That's good. Okay, you could come and meet with me and the pastors that are on staff have no problem. Okay, but Isaac, okay, didn't go into depression. When the promise was not coming to pass, he didn't get frustrated at God or start questioning God's existence. You know what he did? He prayed to God. He prayed to the only one that could change the situation that he was living. And if you're in a situation today that only God could intervene, here's the secret. Pray to God. <laughs> Very simple. Pastor, that's a great revelation. Of course, pray to God. <laughs> pray. That's what the scripture says that Isaac did. Okay, he prayed to the Lord for his wife. Uh, side note, husbands, pray for your wives. Pray for your wives. Lay hands on them. And not the hands that you usually lay hands on them. All right? Bless them. Pray for them. I know the guys. All right? I know the guys. Okay. Bible doesn't say how long he prayed for. Okay. How many times he prayed for her. The Bible just says that he prayed for his wife. Okay, so the first thing I want you to see that happens when we pray according to God's will, here's the answer to that one. Okay, we bring to pass or we give birth to God's promises. When we pray, okay, according to the scripture, we bring to pass. We give birth to God's promises. The promises that God wanted to bring forth came forth through that prayer, when his wife, okay, became pregnant and she gave birth to her children. There are things that God wants to do here on earth, church. There's things that God wants to do in our city. There's things that God wants to do in our neighborhood. There's things that God wants to do in your family. Don't go too far. All right? And he wants to use you to bring them to pass. Pray. Pray. We bring those things to pass through prayer. Prayer is the vehicle by which we transport the desire of God from heaven to earth. Prayer is the vehicle. I was watching a commercial in the middle of a basketball game that now Domino's Pizza is going to start using a little car, okay, to deliver your pizza to the house, an electronic car. It looks like a little golf cart, and it just carries your pizza. It's like a little traveling oven. You imagine that? It comes to your house. You order your pizza and that little thing drives to the front. 
I know that some people are going to crash into those things. I know the people that drive in Miami, you know, they're going to be all over the news. Oh, pizza thing is in the corner. They crashed it. They tried to steal it, you know, all these things. I know how things are down here. But that little vehicle is supposed to transport a pizza to you. Isn't that great? You're in a Super Bowl, you know, you don't want to leave the TV. So you could just order that thing. That thing drives up to your house. Okay, prayer is the vehicle. Okay, to bring God's answers from heaven here to earth. It's our prayers, all right? You guys that are online, what are some things that God wants you to pray for in your life in this season? I want you guys to interact and write that down, okay? But why is this important? Okay, you need to know God. You need to listen to Him. You need to know what He's promised in the Bible, because if you're going to pray according to his will, hello, you need to know what the will of God is. And the will of God is in the Bible. <laughs> All right, church. Where's God's will? Is in the Bible. All right. And then, this is a big one, guys. We align ourselves to his will. We align ourselves to God's will. Some of us, that we have a hard time. Even Jonah in the Bible had a hard time aligning himself to God's will. God's will was to go save Nineveh. And you know what? He hated those people. So he goes, there's no way I'm going to go preach to those guys over there. I'm going over there. So it's okay. You don't want to complete the assignment God has for you. Don't worry. There's a fish out there in the sea waiting for you. And maybe you're not going to get thrown in the water. Don't worry about it. Now, this message works for you because you live in Miami. You live like in Arizona or something. Like that. There's no water around there, you know. But I know that a situation will come to align you. I was talking to somebody this week about a problem that they're going through. And this person was telling me, now that I'm going through this, now I feel that I'm going towards God's will. And I told them, wouldn't it have been nice without having to go through that if you would have been after God's will? You know, just avoid the problem. And just. But a lot of times we need something to sort of like get us in line. That happened to you? It happens to me sometimes. <laughs> All right? And then we align ourselves, guys, and we believe. I talked to you guys about that. We believe. All right? And I want to tell you something that I heard in the Spirit as I was putting these notes down on my iPad and getting ready to stand in front of you guys this morning. These are some words that I heard in the Spirit that I want to release over you. Okay? This is the time. Okay? That the Lord says, I want to bring things to pass that I've birthed inside of you. And I don't know who this word is for, but I need to release it. Okay, the Lord wants to bring to pass certain things that are in here, but that have not come out yet. This is the season He wants to bring those things to pass. And I heard dreams that God has put inside of you. I heard businesses that he's put inside of you. Maybe you've been afraid or waiting for the perfect moment. Let me tell you, you know when the perfect moment is? The day that you take the step. <laughs> that's the perfect moment. You take the first step, that's the perfect moment. Because you're never going to have the perfect moment. You just believe that God put something inside of you. You go, man. Things that you want to accomplish for God before you die. I heard that one clearly. There's things that God has placed inside of you that you said, before I go to heaven, I would like to do this. 
I would like to do that. I would like to accomplish this for God. This is a season that he wants to bring that to pass. Okay? And the last thing that I heard, people that want a closer relationship to God. This is a season where, you know what? He's going to start drawing you in. The Bible says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. As you start taking steps to get closer to him, you know what? He's going to bring that desire that you have to pass to get to know him more. Now, I want us to look at another man in these next few minutes, a guy called Elijah in the Bible. Elijah. Powerful guy. Elijah was so powerful, man. This guy did so many crazy things. He raised people from the dead in the Old Testament. It wasn't even Jesus. This guy was raising people from the dead. You know, and, and, and Elijah lived in a time, pay attention, where the people had gotten away from God. The nation had gotten away from God. They were idol worshiping. And, and, and all these things were happening. And God had told his people that whenever they would break covenant with him, certain things would happen. Okay? Certain things would happen to them if they would break covenant. One of those things is that the protection would be lifted and they would be attacked by the enemies and the enemies would defeat them. Another thing that would happen is that God would send like locusts upon their crops and eat all their crops and they wouldn't be able to have, you know, any harvests. And another of the things that God said, when you break the covenant with me, you know what? There's not going to be any rain on the land. This is going to be dryness. Because if there's no rain, then there's no crops. So forget about the bugs coming to eat the crop. There's just nothing, you know? And Elijah tells the people, guys, you guys have gotten away from God. You guys have gotten away from God. You guys need to get back to God. And the leadership of the nation at that time, king named Ahab, worst king in the history of Israel, just pulled the people's heart away. That's why leadership is so important. Because a leader, okay, could pull the nation away from God. And this leader just rose all this idol worship and all that. And Elijah comes into the scene. Okay? And listen to this because this is very, very important. Elijah comes into the scene and says, get ready. The consequences are coming. And the people hated him for it. Because when you want to do things your own way, you don't want somebody preaching at you. You guys know what I'm talking about? You know what, when you want to do things your own way, you usually, first you stop coming to church because you don't want to hear the message because the message confronts you. If you guys are here, I know you guys are trying to do things the right way. Just in case you have some friends that you need to talk about this situation. You know, you don't need nobody telling you what to do, what to wear, where to go, how to speak, what to do this. So you start tuning everything out. And the people of Israel were tuning out everything that had to do with God. Because they, let me tell you something, when you know you're messing up, you know you're messing up. You don't need somebody telling you you're messing up. You know inside. But Elijah says, you know what? I'm just going to remind you that this is what God said. All right? This is what's going to happen. And look what happens in 1 Kings 17 verse 1. 1 Kings 17 verse 1. Now Elijah, who was from Tishbe and Gilead, told King Ahab, 
As surely as the Lord, the God of Israel lives, the God I serve, there will be no dew or rain during the next few years until I give the word. Elijah stands before the king of the nation and says, there's no rain coming. And I'm the one that gives the word when it stops raining and when it's going to rain again. You imagine if there was a bounty on somebody's head, it was definitely on Elijah's head. The question is, can somebody have that much power, that much authority to do something like that? Well, the answer is not by themselves. But you know what? God has the power. And if that's God's will, and if that's what he wants to do, and he aligned himself to God, and he spoke according to God, then that's what's going to happen. And that's what was going on here. Now, you might say, Pastor Elijah didn't pray. He just stood in front of the king and said, it's not going to rain. According to my word, nothing's going to happen. Oh, but I want you to know that the Bible gives us a little bit of a behind the scenes on what happened. And it's found in the New Testament, in the book of James chapter 5. And I want you to go to verse 17 and 18. James 5, 17 and 18. Listen to this. Elijah was as human as we are. And yet when he prayed earnestly that no rain would fall. Wait, wait, wait. He did what? He prayed that no rain would fall. So in other words, when he stands in front of the king, Elijah was prayed up already. He didn't just go and stand in front of the king and say, no rain is coming. No, he had prayed before. That no rain would fall and none fell for three and a half years. Then when he prayed again, the sky sent down rain and the earth began to yield its crops. Now, you know what I love about this part of scripture that we read here? That it says, Elijah was as human as we are. In other words, what the Bible is telling you, there's no difference between you and Elijah. You just need to know the will of God. And when you know the will of God, you can pray that thing through. You know where that puts me in? The position that I want to know the will of my Father because I want to pray according to His will. Because I want to see things happen. For God here on earth. And the second thing that I want to tell you that I see here. Okay, what happens when we pray? Number one is that he brings to pass promises. Okay. Number two, we shift atmospheres. We shift atmospheres. Natural atmospheres can shift. Spiritual atmospheres can shift. Jesus spoke to the storms and the storm shifted, guys. Every year we pray, whenever there's a hurricane coming to Florida, we call a prayer meeting. <laughs> I don't know if you've noticed that those hurricanes, man, they have come border close. There was one a couple of years ago. I forgot the name of that hurricane, but that thing was huge. Irma, right? And it was right on the border with Florida. And all of a sudden, it was like if there was a wall on the east side of the state that it bumped into and it just went up. I've seen natural 
Things change. Spheres change. I remember one time we were doing a... Keep us scan, we were doing a bonfire when I was, you know, serving with the young people. And I remember that it was a hassle to do one of those bonfires because you needed to get a permit from the fire department. And we went out there, and I remember we had the permit. We had, but if there was too much wind, we couldn't run the fire. You remember that, Pastor Max? He's laughing. We had like five school buses of them, yellow school buses. That's why I met Henu and Carol. They were like kissing in the back of the bus, man. And that one of my leaders came like, Pastor, these some guys kissing. Are they new? Yeah, they're new. Don't tell them anything. I'll talk to them later. They don't know what's going on. And those became one of my two great leaders. And that day when I got there, the wind was kicking so bad that the fire wouldn't even start. And you know what I told these guys? We're going to get together and we're going to pray. Where are you going to pray, Pastor, that the wind dies out? I'm like, you're going to speak to the wind? I'm like, man, I saw Jesus do that. We're going to do that right now. And we're going to pray for the wind and we're going to stand. And we stood in the corner right there where the water is. And we prayed and we extended our hands like that. Whoever passed around there go, these guys are crazy. You know what I'm saying? You know what happened? About five minutes later, the wind was gone. And we had our bonfire and people got saved. And we had a great time for the Lord that night. And we saw God shift. Okay, a natural atmosphere. And the same thing happens in the spirit. Sometimes you can be here and you feel like a heaviness and you start to pray and you start to pray and you start to pray. And all of a sudden you see a breakthrough happen. Something just shifts. I remember one day I was doing a sleepover at some guy's house in Colombia. And we were talking till late at night, till late at night, and we were talking scripture. And all of a sudden, he started looking at me funny. I'm like, this is funny. And something changed at that moment. And this kid had a demonic manifestation. Okay? And he threw himself at me. There was nobody there. It was just me and him. And he threw himself at me, foam coming out of his mouth. It was the craziest scene. Literally out of a, you know, book of Acts type thing. And I got I got to tell you the first thing I did is like I freaked out bro I was about to like it's like man I'll take care of this real quick but man when he started growling at me and I see like things coming like you know what I did all of a sudden a scream came from inside of me not like a scream like ah not like that one all right imagine it's like Michael Jackson run out moonwalk out of there you know what I'm saying it was like a, a command scream. It was like a command. And I told him, you be quiet. And you sit down. And all of a sudden, you know what the Lord told me? Get Psalm 91 and read Psalm 91 over him. And I started reading that psalm. All of a sudden, there was no worship. I wish I would have had, you know, Emerson on the piano behind me. And there was none of that. In my mind there was, but there wasn't there, you know. And I got Psalm 91 and I started praying. And you know what happened? All of a sudden, I just sensed a shift in the atmosphere. A change. And all of a sudden, what was this anger and hatred and what was happening in the... All of a sudden, he started weeping and weeping and weeping and crying. And he bent over crying, saying, help me, he's hurting me. Like, who's hurting you? I don't see anybody. He goes, he's hurting me. And I knew that that guy was fighting with a demon. 
You've seen things like that. Those things are real, guys. And I remember when he finally was freed, that he just hugged me and he said, thank you. Of course, that whole night I slept with one eye open and one eye closed. Like, this dude jumps at me tonight, man. <laughs> Smack him in the head with the Bible. <laughs> it's like, it wasn't the phone back then and the big Bibles, you know, like phone book. Put them out. <laughs> you guys are like, pastor's crazy, man. And I got to say one last thing. I have literally one minute. The last person that I want to mention is Jesus. And that's who we were singing a moment ago. We were saying Jesus, Jesus. You know what? If there's an example of prayer, it's Jesus. Okay, and there's so many scriptures that I see about Jesus. For example, Mark 1.35. It says, before daybreak the next morning, Jesus got up and went out to an isolated place to pray. Luke 6.12 says, one day soon afterward, Jesus went up to a mountain to pray. And he prayed all through the night. So Jesus would just pray in different moments and in different places. And Matthew 14, verse 22 and 23 says, Immediately after this, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back on the boat and cross to the other side of the lake while he sent the people home. And after sending them home, he went up to the hill by himself to pray. And when night fell, he was there alone. There was moments that Jesus would look to for prayer. But there's a moment that Jesus prays that I told the man on Wednesday, I had never seen this and it's blown my mind. I have not stopped thinking about this this whole week. We all know the baptism story. Jesus goes to the water, get baptized. The Holy Spirit appears in the form of a dove. He hears the voice of the Father saying, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. By the way, next week we have baptisms. All right, you have not gotten baptized. We're going to have a Baptist uh, uh, baptism pool here. Get ready. At the end, you can sign up for your baptism if you haven't been baptized. So we heard the story of Jesus getting baptized. But in Luke 3, verse 21 and 22, I close with this. It says, one day when the crowds were being baptized, Jesus himself was baptized. Now pay attention to this part of the scripture. As he was praying. Hold on. I never read that when Jesus was being baptized, he was praying. I know the dove came. I know the voice of the Father was there. But it says here, as he was praying, the heavens opened. The third thing that happens when you and I pray, the heavens open. The heavens open, Pastor Max. And I just highlighted that all over my Bible. I just circled it. Because I really believe that God wants to open heavens upon his people. But we are a people that have stopped praying. So God cannot open heavens because we've stopped praying. But if we pray, the heavens will open up over us. As he was praying, the heavens opened up and then the Holy Spirit descended in the form of a dove. And then the voice of the Father was heard because when the heavens open up, then the Spirit manifests himself. You don't need to try to do it on your own strength anymore. When the heavens open up, you could hear clear direction from your Father which is in heaven. 
when the heavens open up. What is another sign? This, this is a verse that blows my mind. Deuteronomy 28, verse 7 and 8. Write this down. And then verse 13, 11 and 13. You guys at home, this is a manifestation of open heavens over our lives. When Jesus prayed, heavens open. This is what the heavens open looks like over somebody's life. The Lord will conquer your enemies when they attack you. They will attack you from one direction, but they will scatter from you in seven. The Lord will guarantee a blessing on everything you do. And will fill your storehouses with grain. That means He's going to supply your needs. The Lord, your God, will bless you in the land He is giving you. The Lord will give you prosperity in the land. Verse 11. He swore to your ancestors to give you. Blessing you with many children. Numerous livestock and abundant crops. The Lord will send rain at the proper time. You see, rain is a sign of blessing. From His rich treasury in the heavens. And will bless all the work you do. You will lend to many nations, but you will never need to borrow from them. Oh, hallelujah. If you listen to these commands of the Lord your God that I'm giving you today. And if you carefully obey them, the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. And you will always be on top and never at the bottom. And we love quoting that verse. Oh, God has made me the head and not the tail. No, this is a sign of open heavens. And if you pray, heavens will open up. So when we pray, we bring to pass God's promises. We shift atmospheres around us and the heavens open up for us. I want you to close your eyes right there where you're at this morning. And you might be here today and you're like, Pastor, I don't even know how to pray. I want to learn to pray effectively. I want to invite you to Saturday mornings. Saturday mornings in this place at nine, we have prayer. And starting yesterday, yesterday I started on teaching how to pray. How do you pray effectively according to God's will? Come on Saturday mornings, you're going to learn it. We're going to teach it to you. How to shift atmospheres. How to pray and believe in God's promises. Jesus, I pray for each person that is here today. And I know that you're touching their hearts, Lord. This is some of the stuff that you've been speaking to me during these last few days. And I pray, Lord, that we would be prompted. We would be moved. There will be an urgency within us to pray, to seek you. To know your will and to bring that will to pass. That we would believe. When you ask the question, can a nation be birthed in one day? You're looking for people that would say, yes, Lord, you can make it happen. We want to believe, Lord. Increase our level of faith. Increase my level of believing, Lord. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Your name is a lie that the shadows can't deny.
your name cannot be overcome your name is alive and forever lift you high your name cannot be overcome your name is alive that the shadows can't deny your name cannot be As you guys meditate on these words that I've spoken today, I want to direct my attention real quick to those that might be here, those that are watching online, that have never invited Jesus Christ to be their Lord and Savior. We'd only, we not only come and we sing about Him, but we really believe that He is who He says that He is, the Son of God. And Jesus said, whoever believes in me will not perish, will not die but have everlasting life. And today I want to give you that opportunity. If you're here in this room, if you're watching online, if you've never made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, I want you to repeat this prayer with me with all your heart. You're going to ask God for forgiveness for your sins and understand that you have forgiveness through Jesus. Today you become a son or a daughter of God. Repeat with me, Lord Jesus. Thank you so much. For living a perfect life and dying for me on the cross to pay for my sins. Today I ask you for forgiveness for all those sins that I've committed. And I receive you as my Lord and my Savior. Today I understand that you resurrected on the third day and that you give me eternal life. I make that eternal life my own now. Come into my heart. Put your Holy Spirit inside of me that he will help me live the life that you have for me from this moment forward. In Jesus' name, amen.